Welcome to By the Way, a podcast of Founders Christian School, where we aim to help you pursue a biblical education as you go by the way. Well, we're going to pick up somewhat where we left off last week, where we were talking about this command to love one another and, and what that love ought to look like in our homes. Um, but we mentioned the context of that passage, which was 1 Corinthians 13, is actually about love within the church and, and the love that um, is to be displayed as Christians are using their gifts uh, for the mutual encouragement and building up of the body. Um, so hopefully, you know, prayerfully, it looks like in the next few weeks, uh, and, and maybe even some churches right now, are being able to gather together again. And so I didn't want to waste this this time we've had of being out of our norm as far as being able to meet physically with one another and spend some time thinking through, you know, what, what have we learned? What's been difficult? What have we missed uh, about not being able to meet with one another physically? And maybe what, what are some things that we've always known, we've always believed that this is really confirmed in our minds as far as what is valuable about the physical meeting with one another as we think about going back. I'll just open it up with this question. And there is a biblical command not to neglect meeting with one another. So do you feel like we've neglected that command in Scripture over the last eight weeks? I can't speak for every church. I can speak for Founders Baptist Church and say that unequivocally the answer is no, there has not been neglect. There's actually been a good amount of thought and preparation that's gone into uh, the plan that the elders of our church have set forth for the health of our congregation, including uh, the, the way we handle uh, the actual Sunday worship times, uh, including uh, singing, including preaching and all those things, as well as the way we've done our, uh, what, what we call ABF meetings or the equivalent of, of Sunday school meetings, uh, including men's discipleship groups, women's discipleship groups, all of which are meeting together and have and have been well attended and so those things are encouraging and so no i would say there's definitely not neglect we may have the inability to physically meet together right now for a time and i would definitely say that's different than neglecting to meet together for sure i I wanted that clarification because what we're not asking is what have we learned from not having church for two months because that's not what's happened um we we had the gatherings, they just look different. We, we still are the church. That hasn't stopped. And so I just want to make sure that, that I'm communicating this question correctly. I'm not saying what have we missed from just not at all being engaged with one another for two months. Because hopefully, um, I know that hasn't been the case um, with, with our church. And hopefully that's not been the case at your church. But there are some difficulties with it. And there are some things that aren't the same when you're not able to meet physically. So that's that's what this question is all about. What are some of those things? And uh, the list uh, on the notes is one, just there's an, an ease of individualism, uh, the whole out of sight, out of mind mindset uh, that can easily let you get into kind of a self-reliant mode. I think that temptation exists already. And I, and I do think that this the, these circumstances has made that, have made that even a greater temptation. And, and one, you know, one thing just to consider, maybe as a clarification up front, as well as a part of our answer to this, que- to this question of, hey, how, how is it easy to slip into an individualistic mindset? The question could be asked of, okay, okay, this is a podcast for Founders Christian School. Why are we talking about what have we missed in church meetings? And the reality is, 
this is Founders Christian School, and so therefore the implication is uh, those who are invested in the school are believers, and therefore, uh, even if they're not members of Founders Baptist Church, they are members of a local expression of the church somewhere, which means these are the questions that are on all of our minds right now. These are important questions to think about. So I would say to all of our parents, all of our students, the, the way I think about the impact of this on my church life is critically important. One of the things that we view as uh, extremely important as a school is to give our kids a healthy ecclesiology. So this is absolutely part of Christian schooling right here, to think through what does this mean for church life and for my life as a believer who, who belongs to a local expression of, of the Lord's church. Yeah, we, we want our students to have these questions in front of them and to be thinking through them, especially our older students that are you know, juniors, seniors, about to go out to college, and we want them to, to be thinking through the value of the church um, in, in these days and, ho- and hopefully learn these lessons that I think we can learn as a church. And so I want to maximize, make sure we maximize what, what we can learn um, as we go through this. Yeah, and... and I know we briefly mentioned last week the the one another's of scripture. The, the truth is, if if you slip into some kind of individual Christianity mindset or or practice during this this time that we're facing right now, you just simply cannot carry out these one another's. Nor can you be ministered to in in that way. Um, so we think about commands to, to love one another, to be patient, patient with one another, uh, to, to serve one another, um, ways in which we should not treat one another. All of those things have to be carried out in, in the context of the church and, and believers interacting together. So, yes, individualism is, is a detriment to the believer and a detriment to the church. and has to be seen that way and must be fought right now. Uh, hard, maybe harder even than than we usually work to fight it. Within individualism, you have some some sub points that I think tie into that. Um, one of those things is the the unspoken accountability that happens when you are you know by conviction presenting yourself before a, a congregation of like minded believers that you've committed to and they've committed to you. Um, even if there's not a conversation that happens, just the physical presence of standing before the congregation, and in your mind, knowing that that's going to happen every week, you're going to stand before the church again uh, with the church, uh, maybe not up in front, but at least in the congregation, um, there's an accountability that happens there that you don't get whenever you're watching something just on a TV screen, th- th- an unspoken accountability um, that, that does encourage you to be faithful, that does encourage you uh, to press on in the Christian walk and to en- en- endure and be encouraged um, and so that's something that, that I've recognized in my own life that I've missed, that I'm, I'm so thankful for the things like the ABF class and the, the meetings I have with fellow believers on Zoom because I, I received some of that that I, I realize I missed by not being in the church body. And a, a part of that kind of goes alongside of that is this unspoken assurance of your salvation. Um, I, I think one of the most unfortunate ways that people try to process this question of assurance, which is, you know, asking this question, am I really a believer, is we answer that question by ourselves. And there's actually an unspoken assurance of your faith that happens when you meet with believers once a week. You see them singing the same songs, hearing the same word, 
And that builds up your faith and to know that this is a genuine faith. It, it presses you on and encourages those things that uh, you hope for. It makes them more sure. Um, and so there's a value. There's a value in the assurance of your own salvation when you meet together weekly. There's a, there's a reason that the Lord's design is that we do meet together. And, and all of those reasons that you've just mentioned are, are part of it. The Lord really does work through those means. And I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was Martin Lloyd Jones or uh, you know one of these preachers, old dead guys as as Blake Johnson used to call them, uh, that talks about when when we attend a sermon, we are essentially preaching the gospel to one another as we attend to that sermon because I, I'm sitting there listening to this saying this is important. I, I have centered my. Uh, Lord's Day, and to some extent even my week, around meeting together now and joining together with a group of people that say, this is important. This is uh, not not just a little bit important. This is the single most significant thing to be about, which is uh, the, the preaching of the gospel and the, the ministry of, of the Word of God to his people and to uh, a, a lost and dying world. So when we make efforts to attend that and we see everyone else who's made efforts to attend it, we really do begin to see the importance of it. And that's why my own faithfulness as a believer is so important. I, I am encouraged by the people around me in my own church that I see week in and week out always there. That ministers to me to know this is so important to them they're they're always here every time i know that you know the smith family or whoever is going to be here every week because this is important to them that ministers to me and i want to be that same kind of ministry to others and so we don't have the benefit of seeing that to quite the same degree right now that we've had in the past and so and i think on a practical level we all know what it's like to see a crowd of people and just think i wonder what that's all about you know and and then on the opposite side of that, to go to something where you thought there'd be more people and there's just a few and you're like, huh, maybe this isn't as interesting as I thought it was going to be. There's not as much interest with the people around me. And so there's there's this practical thing by God's design. You know, when we meet together, we are encouraged to see the value and importance of, right. of what God and has. Yeah. Full parking lots on on Sunday mornings at a at a church is a testimony to, to everyone driving by as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lot of ways in which our... That the priority that we place on the on the gathering of the church is a ministry and a testimony, and uh, and and it's a good one. It's it's one that you know, like like we've said, is is God's design. One thing I, I think this should highlight um, is the realization that some people live in this reality on a weekly basis due to things like chronic illness or disability or. Um, you know, just inability to to be able to make it to the service for one reason or another. And and I think this has at least allowed me to grow in my compassion and sympathy for those members that aren't able to be here and maybe even have a desire to be more intentional with that that group within our churches moving forward. Um, Because this isn't isn't a temporary reality for some people. This is a a permanent reality. Um, And that's one group. And then you also think about areas in the world where, churches aren't permitted by the government to meet that that have to meet in different ways and and they they aren't able to experience um the physical gathering on a regular basis and so 
um, this has really highlighted that, wow, there, there are believers that go through these type of difficulties on a regular basis that ought to be part of my part of my compassion and yeah. sympathy. Thought process, prayer life. Yeah. Exactly, and, yeah. And I, I even think about some of the elderly in our churches that, uh, you know, m- maybe they're not, you know, quote-unquote shut-ins, and maybe they're not confined to their home, whatever home may be for them, but it may be that the gathering of the church is really the only meaningful interaction with other human beings that they get on a week-to-week basis. Uh, and they may be lonely right right now. Uh, and so, you know, if, if someone's sitting there listening to this thinking, how can, I, how can I minister to others during this time? Pick up the phone and, and get to know some of the elderly of your church. Or, or if you know them already, call them and check in on them and make sure that they're getting some kind of interaction with, with people right now. I just, I know that's an area the Lord has laid on my heart personally is to just, uh, try and be a ministry to the older folks in the, in the church right now, because I can think of some, even in our own congregation that I know crave interaction with their brothers and sisters in Christ and look forward to the weekly gathering of the church because that's when they get that. Uh, and now they're not getting it. Another thing I, I, have noticed with our family, you know, we, we have uh, one child, and when you're sitting in church, it limits that child's ability to um, move move around and, and make a disruption, things like that. Um, and it's just harder to recreate that environment that happens within a church service. Obviously, I think, I think that's going to be true of, of kids, but I, I got to be honest, I'm I'm far more likely to get up and grab another cup of coffee myself right now <laughs> than I have been in the past, which is not to say that I, that, you know, that I'm going to tune out or something like that. But, um, there, are, there are more opportunities to, you know, move about the cabin and that sort of thing than, than what we've had in the past. And, uh, I think every family is just going to have to be intentional to see to it that that's not a detraction from what the Lord would, would have for them that that day well i want to move to talk about the dangers that might be developing within christians right now in this time and it's kind of piggybacking off of what you just said there are some people that might think this is really nice to be able to to get up and get my second cup of coffee whenever i want to roll out of bed and not have to worry about getting a whole family ready to be somewhere at a certain time we just go to the living room yeah Uh, this is great this is convenient maybe we should just continue uh like this and 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 I know what the web link is now, so I can just throw this on on our TV, and this is just how we'll continue. So th- I, I think that's a danger uh, that, that could possibly be lurking in the hearts and minds of believers that um, hopefully what we've just said is a deterrent to, to that temptation. I would hope right? so. So th- I, I would call that the danger of getting used to it, to thinking this is normal and this is how things ought to be. Any comments on that danger or any other dangers you think that might be around the corner uh, for, for the church or for Christians right now as we're processing through uh, doing things a bit differently right now? I'm sure there are other dangers, but that's the primary one that comes to mind is, you know, hey, this is this is sure convenient. And um, for all of the reasons we've just discussed, this is not God's design. Church, you're not going to see you're not going to see healthy churches for sure just decide to go to something like this. Uh, Healthy churches are going to begin meeting back together in person 
as soon as it is reasonable to do so. And there may, you know, there may be some discussion that can be had on, on what that means. And I'm sure individual churches are going to come to different determinations in terms of when it's reasonable to begin meeting together again. And I think we've got to allow, uh, because scripture doesn't speak very directly to something like that. We've got to allow individual churches and the, and the leadership within those churches to weigh what it looks like to, to be obedient to their authorities and yet what it looks like to uphold God's design for the, for the local church and, and begin meeting back together. But when it happens, when, when churches determine that it's reasonable to do that, they're going to begin doing it again because a, a streamed service while I sit in my living room and sit my coffee in my PJs isn't God's design for the church. And I can't carry out the one another's of scripture that way. And I, and I don't get to see uh, the, the giftings of other people in the church when, when I approach church that way. Uh, there's a lot that could be said for why me watching a sermon in my living room isn't church in the way that God designed it. Now, when it's uh, when it's the only way we can meet, which has been the case, then then we do what we can. But when it's reasonable to begin meeting back together, you're you're not going to find healthy churches making the decision that hey, we kind of we kind of liked this. We're going to keep doing it that way. And so uh, that ought to be instructive to us. If every healthy church says we're going to begin meeting back together, there's a reason for that. Yeah, and and part of that, what you're saying is um, taking seriously uh, the the command to submit to the elders of your church and the leaders of your church. To you know, if they're if they're saying this is what we want to see from you, make every effort to let them see that from you. Um, whether it's meeting physically, if they want to see you, you know, meet with a, a group or ABF discipleship, whatever it is that they're putting out for you, because they're 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 going to be held accountable for your soul um, and how they've shepherded you, shepherded you through this time. Um, so let your heart be one of submission to the to leadership of your church, and just know that the the same book that tells us not to neglect meeting with one another is the same book that says we ought to submit to our our elders in the church. Uh, which is Hebrews, Hebrews 10, and then Hebrews 13. And that's what's significantly different about a family watching a stream service right now under the guidance of their elders who care for them versus someone six months ago or maybe six months from now sitting by themselves watching a, a church service online and they have not, whoever they're watching has no idea what their name is, who they are, and right. this isn't under their recommendation. So those are two drastically different settings for something that might look the same. So yeah, I'm sitting on my couch watching a service, but that that's a totally different context with a totally different level of submission to the the overseer of your soul within your local congregation. Yeah, and maybe it's an entirely different podcast later on down the road at some point. So I don't want to open up a whole I know we need to wrap up soon. I don't want I don't want to open up a whole new deal, but what I would say is if if someone is hearing this and the, it strikes you a, as unfamiliar or odd to think of the leadership in your church as actually authoritative in your life, then I, I would encourage you to, to, to see them that way. I, I don't think in 
21st century American Christianity, that's a popular idea. But it is God's design, and it is for our good. It is good. Absolutely. We're up against time, but th- those are phenomenal points. I do think it's worth another podcast, and I would even say maybe that that would be worth our next podcast to discuss authority, because we've got multiple authorities going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always do in our yeah. life. Yeah. But you're starting to see some of those authorities conflicting, maybe overstepping what God has given them to be authoritative over. And so I, I think a podcast on authority itself with parents, church, and government would be a very helpful discussion right now. Agreed. And and so tune in next time for that. And I would also say please tune in next time as well because uh, we've just had the deadline for submission of the Work With Your Hands Challenge, and we've had a lot of really neat projects turned in. And what I hope we can do next week is take uh, some of our students that have turned those projects in and maybe highlight one or two of them uh, and show you those projects as well so uh, if there's something we could squeeze in next week in addition to that discussion i'd love for it to be uh, a a showcasing of some of the work with your hands projects yeah you won't want to miss those i've been able to see the the submissions that have been turned in and um it's just phenomenal yeah everybody that's seen them has has been very impressed yeah they're Uh, truly remarkable yeah and and what they say about them is also equally remarkable what they've learned in the process and and um, i'm excited to say if if some of your your children watch this and think oh i wish i would have done whatever well um, it's very much in the plans to have this be a recurring project every year and it doesn't have to be a formal challenge from mr jones you you can just pick out something and, and make it that that can it's a couple of my kids have said that was great I want to build something else or you know one of one of mine which was building a, a project and it and it actually broke right as they were getting to the point of completion and, and broke beyond repair and uh, his response was that's okay I want to make a better one anyway and so obviously that's not going to be part of the challenge but he's excited to make another one and and I think that's neat so very neat Great conversation. Thank you, Mr. Jones, for your time. Um, And we look forward to the discussion we'll have next week. It's time for Dad Joke of the Day with Dan Baker. So, Mr. Baker, let's hear it. What do you got today? What would you call a controversy with Elon Musk? I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I can't get it. It's a bit of a stretch, but it would be elongate. Oh, okay. Got elongate. Elongate. It It took me a second. I'm not gonna lie. I had to process that one. Um, So my also there's there's a double double meaning in there. Yeah. Because he said it'd be a bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. I like that. That's a good one. Maybe I should have slowed it down a little bit. That was that was deep. Elongate. 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 Got it. There you go. Great. All right. Y'all have a great week.